are listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Is there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case for loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Welcome to 2016, my friends. Dr. Batar, Advanced Medicine. We're still many years ahead of even 2016, Dr. Batar, but hey, we're still here and going strong. Yes, I think we are way ahead of uh, the rest, but it is still amazing that we're in 2016 because I remember that 16 years ago, Y2K, the world was supposed to end. Yes, right. Yes, right. You know, every once in a while, you've got that. Uh, 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 let's say, the fear of the end of the world, the comet that's going to come crashing down. You know, there are things beyond our control, and you've said it so well so many times, it doesn't change what we're doing and what we're here to do. We're not going to be dissuaded by that. Uh, but right now, folks are being, uh, let's say, distracted a bit, maybe rightfully so, over another Bureau of Land Management standoff with some ranchers out there in Oregon. And I know, Dr. Batari, you don't get your news anywhere else but here when we're on the air together, but I have to acknowledge it because there are events unfolding while we are on the air. Super Don might break in with some, some breaking news, and I just wanted to at least alert you to that as we uh, continue with our advanced medicine discussions. Yeah, absolutely. And, Robert, that. For those that are listening, that is not an exaggeration. I literally do not watch any kind of news, and this is where I get my news from. If, Robert, you don't bring it to my attention, I, I will not know it. Well, that's and it's, a much, know, that's the truth. it's not. It's a much healthier place to be. And I, I like I said, you 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 kind of uh, rib me a little bit in a fun way about how my you know my eating habits are very clean. Your news habits are way cleaner than mine because you don't partake in any of those toxins. Well, that's true. I, I don't. Every now and then, you know, I'll get a link sent by somebody. You'll send me something or somebody will send me something that's of interest mm-hmm. and I'll watch it. But I found that reliable sources of news like the Russian Times, you know, and you think, uh, how could RT be uh, more reliable than, than the U.S. media? But yet that's exactly the truth. They are far more reliable. Uh, we talked about Gaddafi and his exposure of the uh, the petrodollar and the susceptibility of the world economy to the petrodollar and how they should go back on a gold currency and then 45 days later or whatever it was two months later we uh bomb libya and, and all the whole cascade of that event i mean I, I learned all about that on russia times in fact nobody else even talked about it in our in our own media so oh yes yeah, so russia today and it's interesting because what oh, i russia brought up today, i'm sorry yeah, what I brought up about the Bureau of Land Management takes it to that level of, of discussion that you rarely have ever hear it. I talked about international treaties and how they're playing the role, and you brought up uh, Gaddafi, the removal of Gaddafi when he was you know, saying that we're going to pull off the petrodollar, we're going to go to a, a metals-based standard gold, etc. And, of course, we have held that uh, unique place, if we can call it that, in America, having the uh, the world's currency standard of the really? dollar, which is... Yeah, the world's reserve currency status. Right, which is the Federal Reserve note. It's not truly a dollar as defined by the Coinage Act of 1792. Now, at the IMF and the World Bank, they've been, you know, we've been able to hold off China simply by not allowing them in to the mix. But now the renminbi, I believe it's called, is going to be added to the basket of currencies and the special drawing rights associated with the IMF and World Bank, which means 
the Federal Reserve note dollars days as reserve currency are numbered. They've always been that way. Ron Paul said it for many years based on the fiat aspect of it when it was removed from, from metal or specie that this inevitable day would happen. Are you planning ahead? Because that is different because the kind of inflation that you'll be experiencing when people won't accept the Federal Reserve note dollar the way they do today, it's going to be something to, well, We've saw it. We've seen it in history, but we're ignoring it if we're if we're pretending uh, that nothing's going to happen. And the issue really is that how, how does the media report some of the stuff, or, or they do they report it at all? And the the irony here is that Gaddafi makes the statement, and he's taken out of the game two months later. Yet in 1987. Oliver North testified that he felt that when he was asked, you know, who's the most dangerous man on the planet, uh, would you agree that it's Omar Gaddafi? And, and Oliver North said, no, it is not. And he, that's the first time I ever heard the name Osama bin Laden. But that was not for the reasons that everybody thinks Osama bin Laden was a dangerous name. It was because we had trained Osama bin Laden. And, of course, that's not, you know, mm-hmm. normal news. People don't really know that because it's not um, – the media doesn't talk about that. But we are the ones who trained Osama bin Laden. The CIA did. So now, all of a sudden, this dangerous man that's been around in the media, we've been hearing about Gaddafi for 40 years, all of a sudden he mentions going off the petrodollar or the U.S. dollar reserve, world reserve currency standard and going on the gold standard, and two months later he's taken out of the game. So you, th- you look at this, you know, for 40 years he didn't threaten the U.S. economy. Now all of a sudden he says something that could create a rift in the, in the African continent and, I mean, I'm sorry, in the, in the world economy by having the African continent go in the gold reserve currency as opposed to the... U.S. dollar reserve currency, and mm-hmm. we take them out. So yeah. that type of the RT reported it in that way, whereas our media would never do that. No, of course not. It has a, it has a certain framing of this uh, acceptable, if you will, official stories. Again, we talk about like Liam writes, yeah. and that's what we do as far as health and healing. Unofficial stories, the stories that are real, the stories that can bring the power to heal back to you. And our first official health story of the new year, Doctor Batari. I think you had a moment to review this is headlined, Promising New Cancer Treatment Clears Key FDA Hurdle. And in quotes, it says, as simple as a flu shot. Now, we hope it's not like a flu shot, because if it is, it's going to suck right out of the gate. No one will be helped at all. But they're just saying, oh, we're just going to inject something. Now, what might it be? I've got some inclination as to what it is, but I think they're way behind things we already know to do. Yeah, when I was reading the article, Robert, it talked about immune therapy. And, of course, we know that that's the key. Um, and it's something that I started doing in my clinic. We were stimulating the immune system in 1998. That was the entire basis of our therapy then and has continuously evolved, uh, according to Aristo Vozdani, who is a, um, one of the leading immunologists here in the United States. Um, he developed a lot of the techniques of measuring the immune system, natricular cell profile, natricular cell activity, cell cycle analysis, uh, apoptosis, all these laboratory tests that he has a patent on. Uh, Dr. Vozdani, in 2008, at the ACAM conference, made a, com- a comment. Again, political issues aside, I was supposed to speak at ACAM, and uh, they took me off the, the schedule at the last minute, and Dr. Vozdani made the comment that there was nobody that was doing more powerful work in the field of immune modulation in the in the arena of cancer um, in anywhere in the world than us. And uh, as she said, anywhere in the United States and possibly the world than, than we were. And, of course, uh, ACAM then immediately wanted me to come and speak 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, political, the reason I said political things aside is because I was the last person to have gotten a fellowship status with ACAM. And um, it's, it was an organization that I was involved with very, very intimately for years. But this immune therapy aspect is something that is not new. It is um, known across the board. Everyone knows that there is no way that a person can get cancer if their immune system is intact. If their immune system has been compromised, has been violated, mm-hmm. then and only then do they become susceptible to cancer. So it would follow suit that you would then do something to the immune system, either repair it or support it or modulate it or do something in order to help somebody who's dealing with cancer. Yet, of course, we don't do that at all because when we give chemo, radiation, do surgery, we're not doing anything with the immune system. So now when they start coming back to the, talking about immune therapy, you know, my ears like uh, open up and I'm, yes. I'm kind of excited, but at the same time, you know, it's like that evidence-based medicine component, right? They say that mm-hmm. evidence-based medicine has nothing to do with evidence-based. If anything, it has nothing to do with evidence-based. So is this another play on words? They call it immune therapy and it has nothing to do with the immune system? It's a facepalm moment in one sense because what they're saying is that they're going to harvest cells from the tumor and then they're going to convert them into what they're calling a vaccine to re-inject it on a monthly basis. But homeopaths have been doing this for years, and we call them sarcodes, where we take cancerous material and neutralize it, convert it into a homeopathic signature, if you will. Then we can do it orally. It can be injected. It's been something that's been going on to help stimulate the direction of the immune system to target and identify something it's having a great deal of difficulty doing. And yet they want to do this via injection. Who knows what kind of adjuncts that they're going to have to add to it that will disrupt and alter the immune system rather than support it. Well, that's exactly the point, Robert. And our entire basis for our soda therapy is exactly this. We get the signature of the cancer um, from collecting tumor cells, uh, actually, we're looking at certain uh, certain proteins that are sloughing off from the tumor. Yes. And that's how we create the ARSODA. In fact, it stands for Autogenous Antigen Receptor Specific Oncogenic Target Acquisition. So now they're, they're saying that they're harvesting these cells and uh, injecting them back into the patients. I, I am really interested in seeing how they're going to be able to, one, do this on a mass scale, and then, two, um, what are they doing to support the immune system? Because this really isn't dealing with the immune system's damage, they're, they're actually, all they're doing is they're identifying the cancer as being foreign to the immune system. But if the immune system is already by definition defunct or damaged or compromised in some way, yes. then you can all of a sudden make the immune system aware of it. But it's no, it's, it's like making a hmm. uh, somebody who's a fighter, it's like, it's like having a soldier that you identify who the enemy is to the soldier, but he has no weapons to fight. Yeah, you remove his weapons. Exactly. We've talked about this for so many years, how they're wrongly applying that vaccination concept, of course, rooted in the whole cow pus scenario, vodka meaning cow. And in reality, the alerting, there's nothing wrong with alerting the immune system and saying, hey, look over there for the quote-unquote bad guy. But if you've hammered or hampered or, you know, removed the weapons of functionality in concert, by auto intoxication or some other intoxication, you've defeated the whole point. Now you can see something, but now you, you can't do anything about it, or you couldn't already, exactly. and you haven't made it better. Exactly. And here's the other flaw with what they're saying. Um, they're saying that they do this every month. Well, theoretically, once the immune system has been made aware, you've got the foreign signature in place, and you've made the body aware of it, um, in itself, they're, the mere fact that they have to do this every month shows that they are not effective because the immune system, the first one is an introductory exposure. The second one, the B lymphocytes in the immune system now start to 
recognize, create the antigen receptor sites, and from that template now create antibodies. And those antibodies now understand anything that has that signature needs to be fought against. Yes. And they're obviously they're doing it every month, and they're not. They're, it's not working the right it's way. It's not working exactly. You got it. Dr. Batar is here. It's our first advanced medicine of the new year. Glad to be with you. We've got another cancer story. This is, almost could be a moment of duh, but I already had one earlier. So we'll call it a, a moment of secondary duh related to breast and lung cancer risk. We'll tell you what that is with Dr. Batar right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, Advanced Medicine. Remember, medicalrewind.com, easy way to get archives. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. All right, we already had a moment of duh last hour. Dr. Batar, you missed this one. I, I called it uh, from the Centers of Duh Creation, the CDC. <laughs> And, and they said, you know what, uh, young people that engage in sexual activities earlier uh, have a higher risk of sexually transmitted infections. And, like, somehow we were under the impression that kids that didn't have any sex at all had a higher risk. I mean, it was kind of, this, this is the kind of duh that we have to deal with. Now there's one in the cancer realm. This is a secondary moment of duh. Dr. Batar, I want you to handle this. But the headline reads, sugar may increase breast lung cancer risk, according to the study. You know, Robert, this is one of those, this, if there's a moment of dirt to the tenth degree, I think that's what this one would have achieved because this is the fundamental component of the cancer being dependent upon sugar, i.e., an obligate glucose metabolizer. That's what cancer is. So that basically means that cancer is dependent upon sugar. There's five things that go inside cancer cells. Supposedly, there's water, vitamin C, uh, sugar rubidium and cesium the reason vitamin c is such an effective route of administration uh, such an effective treatment for cancer and and allows for an optimum route of being able to introduce uh various other in a, in a, in a almost a trojan horse sort of way many other therapeutics along with the vitamin c is because vitamin c and glucose um are very similar as far as what their receptor sites look like, and that's one reason the cancer absorbs vitamin C and glucose uh, virtually. For the cancer cell, it's virtually the same. Now, this is not something new. This has been around for so many years. This has been around before I was even born, before you were born. People have known it. Doctors have known it. But doctors have treated patients with the reduction of glucose. And for in my own career, since I started going, since I started private practice in 1996, that was one of the premises of which I used my cancer therapies. In fact, I used a little bit of sugar sometimes by uh, infusing that in with other components that I want to get into selectively into the cancer cells because the sugar, um, the cancer cells see the sugar, the glucose, and open up because they want it. And so I use that as a carrier molecule, again, as a Trojan horse to take in what I want to put into the cancer cells. So this has been around for many, many years. Then. A study came out about 15 years ago in Stanford, and the study said science, uh, scientists have found out that cancer may be dependent upon sugar. Uh, is dependent <laughs> upon sugar. This is like uh, at that time I was like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. Now, fast forward 2007, 2008, 2009, when I was fighting the medical board, the only oncologist they could find to testify against me told the medical board that this was garbage, and my statement was, and I, and I was testifying, I talked about how cancer was an obligate glucose metabolizer. 
the oncologist said this is uh, poppycock, this is you know, <laughs> quackery, there's no such thing. So right. I asked my attorney, because he was you know, getting ready to cross-examine him, I wrote down a piece of paper. I said, ask him how a PET scan works. Yes. He says, how does a PET scan work? And, of course, well, it picks up a, um, PET scans pick up activity in, in the body that's um, high turnover, high metabolic activity. So I, I wrote down, what does it exactly pick up? And so the, the doctor um, was asked that by my attorney. He says a radio, some type of radioisotope labeled molecule. I said, ask him, what is that molecule? <laughs> Well, we know it's sugar, right? Yes. Why is it picking up sugar? Because cancer selectively picks up sugar. And he's been starting uh, uh, hemming and hawing because he knew it was sugar. He knew. You he got him busted. Sugar. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So this is not new stuff. And so why would they come up with a study now in 2016 making that statement? Because they've already come out and said, not only have we known it for years and years, decades and decades, but maybe even half a century or more. Mm-hmm. And then Stanford came up with this 10 years ago, and they made a big hallelujah about it. Now they're bringing it. Isn't this the same thing as bringing up the same old information, but painting it and putting it in a new different box and then calling it new? Yeah, with new glitter and everything. Listen, the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center published this study, okay? What does that mean? It means the money that you give to the American Cancer Society, that the United States government gives to the NCI uh, the NIH, all of these things to support research universities are basically research rat holes. Never intended to do anything but what's already been done because we don't want to really relieve you of the idea that chemotherapy and radiation are legitimate, which, you know, when you understand what Dr. Batar does, what he's been seeing and doing and testifying to it, the idea of, of poisoning the body and radiating and burning the body is, is horrific. It's outrageous. And again, we've got more studies to prove it, like we needed more studies, Dr. Batar. Yeah, right, exactly. Like we need another hole in our head. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're not going to do that. We'll fill in the holes afterwards. We've got lots more stories and maybe some studies to reveal with you. This is uh, Advanced Medicine, medicalrewind.com, one of the easiest ways to get more of Dr. Batar and Robert Scott Bell together, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, podcast on Epic Times, UK Health Radio, GCN, and talknetwork.com. Great heavens, what kind of radio show is this? The Robert Scott Bell Show. Information is so good, it requires no expiration date. The Robert Scott Bell Show. What is it for the rescue from? From mandatory participation in Obamacare. We're going to get to that in just a moment, but right at robertscottbell.com, somebody submitted a QOTD. That means. Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. All right, question of the day. Dr. Batar, this is funny. It just came in as we're on here. Eddie, this guy, Jim, recalls when we talked about your daughter, I believe it was, who is, uh, you'll, you'll maybe have to refresh our, our memory on this, but he's now working for kind of a health care hospital system, and as a requirement for his employment, they are saying that he has to get shots for all kinds of things, measles, German measles, mumps, chicken pox, pertussis, and seasonal influenza, and this guy hasn't had any vaccines uh, for 15 years since he left the armed forces, so he's former military. So he's, he wants to know when we discuss this. Maybe he could go back and listen to the archive. Well, the problem is that that 
in that particular archive, what we discussed was specifically the flu shot, and and it's really uh, in a very very limited way applicable to this situation. But this guy's situation is going to be wow. I mean, it's almost like a nightmare because one, how do you how do you circumvent that without well, you know, actually, what Robert? Here's the problem. I don't know whether you can really circumvent it, but if he's been mm-hmm. around the planet for you know 30 years plus, and he's prior military, he's had vaccinations before. I would probably, if it was me, I would go and get a titer done. Yeah, push for existence. a titer on these things. Yeah, and to show that you have already got an immunity and you don't need it. Right, and, and chances are, I mean, as you said, he's been vaccinated in military, and of course, we, if you're around long enough, you likely have some level of antibodies that they can detect. Exactly. Yeah. But to to the the show that we talked about what happened with my daughter, it really wouldn't be applicable because that was specifically for the flu shot. It was specific because uh, the flu shot, you can actually uh, substitute that for the nasal inhaler. Inhaler, vaccine. yes. Yeah. So yeah, and she she was. Uh, I, I remember that too. It was a brilliant strategy. I, I think you came up with that for her. But the, uh, if you had to, that was the way to go. I loved it. And I, you think it was back in November when we did that together? Yeah, I think it was November. And just to be clear, I came up with a strategy what to do afterwards. But what she did preemptively with the coconut oil and all that stuff lining her nostrils with that—that that was her idea. Her idea. That was yeah. my idea. Yeah. Well, she's cut from the the brilliant batar cloth. What can we say? <laughs> she had it going on. <laughs> um, so if you go back, Jim, to medicalrewind.com, that's the easiest thing. Look in the November archives, or if you go to robertscottbell.com, we also have it linked up. Look, go back to November 2015, and you'll see the archives once a week. It's not that hard to find. But as we said, the strategy might be a lot different if you're talking about five, six different uh, vaccinations. Uh, you know, I would find a way to not get them. Honestly, right. uh, and I know that's right. what Jim would like to do. The question is, can he? And if he gets the titers, he can show tighter evidence. And there are other strategies we can't say on the air. Uh, unless yeah, but one thing off. is, yeah. yeah, Robert, I didn't want to interrupt there, but one thing mm-hmm. is that you have to be almost belligerent mm-hmm. to stand up for your rights, because if you don't, um, they will run right over them. And so he might even have to, if he can get the titers and show it, and they still insist upon him getting the vaccines, then he may have to get an attorney involved. Yes. But uh, also on a different note, the Medical Rewind um, versions of the Advanced Medicine Monday shows that are archived, they, I believe they do have the topic all listed. So the, the, each one is a title, and they'll try to paraphrase what the uh, topics were in three or four words for each subject that we covered. So it's easy to find them. Yeah, it'll make it a lot easier for you. So, uh, Jim, I appreciate you asking the question. Like I said, I hope that more people would be asking those questions. And as Dr. Batar said, be belligerent in defense of your life, your health, your liberty, all of these things, even when they say it's a condition of your employment. Sometimes it's not really if you push back enough. Of course, if they don't care about you enough, they'll just find another reason. That's another story. But that's why you all want to make yourself valuable to someone or something or maybe be an entrepreneur so that you, the value you create is one that you're dependent on, and you're not going to mandate vaccines for yourself in order to do the job that you create for yourself. Yep, absolutely. That's a very, very important message, and it's not just applicable to vaccines. It's applicable to any aspect when you're having to deal with um, fundamentally defending your rights to do anything, whether it's to bear arms, whether it's freedom of religion, whether it's mm-hmm. whatever it is, you have to be belligerent. 
And speaking of freedom of religion, interestingly enough, Obamacare's in trouble, like we knew that already, but even more trouble, because there's a headline here that says more people turn to faith-based groups for health coverage. And I still come across people, Dr. Tar, that don't know this. You might not have even known this, that there is an opt-out regarding Obamacare. And it's not technically because it's within the law. It says that you can be part of a health care ministry and you will not be fined for participation. And that will uh, absolve you of the so-called obligation to participate in Obamacare. And these ministries, which have to have been operating since 1999, uh, you know, you can, you know, sometimes it's like 100 bucks a month for a family. So it's very affordable, and I think what what is covered is much broader because it's not controlled by the states the same way everything under Obamacare is. Yeah, actually, um, off the air we kind of brought this up about the uh, Indian reservation system, uh, and I think that the Indian reservations, uh, the health care component they had in there, it did allow people to opt out of uh, Obamacare because it's yeah, that's another ex- exclusion, if you will. And I, you know, again, however you want to participate in that, I am all for that because to me, to force somebody to participate in an allopathic intervention against their beliefs, uh, it, it, you know, it's an abomination. It's very much un-American. But as I mentioned earlier today on the show before you were on dr batar even with the bureau of land management issue these things are dealing with international treaties now this goes well beyond the constitution as our federal government is implementing things that certainly are in violation it's not even a question in violation of the constitution how do they do it because they've treated out uh things that they have never been given the power to do and so they're operating in an extra constitutional way by forcing you to participate in these things. And I think we need to dig deeper into the, the history of how this nation became a nation to recognize that what we're doing now is not operating as a sovereign nation. And if you participate in that system, you're in some ways enabling this this decline. Yeah, the question is how do people in mass scale abstain from it? Well, I think that's what they're worried about here, because now from 200,000 members before the law was enacted in 2010, there are half a million members nationwide and climbing as people figure out, oh, my gosh, I can do that. I would much rather do that. So those of you who are on the system, investigate. Ty Bollinger has talked about it. His family is part of one of those uh, health care ministries. Well, you know, what we should probably do is uh, I'm sure somebody has probably put together a list of those that are available, but it's. While you're talking, I'm, I keep on thinking about the Indian Health Reservation System. Yes, um, that that is something that they, the model that they were trying to um, uh, w- work on a few years ago. That where where they approached me with a with the Indian Health, the nationwide Indian Health Reservation group. The people that were heading this up had met with me, and actually they'd met with me at uh, Dr. Hover's uh, event, and then they came here to Charlotte, and we talked for. Um, probably about eight hours, and they had a really outstanding plan in place so that it not only generated revenue for the Indian Health Reservation, similar to the casinos, yes. but um, but based on health care. So people would go there to seek their uh, treatments, many treatments that may not be considered um, approved, but because it's an Indian Health Reservation, they, they said that you know they could do basically anything that they wanted to do. And it would allow them to opt out, and they could use their what is it, the health, um, the health savings the, accounts or something? Yeah, or, health savings account. That's it. Yeah, health savings account. Right, it. you're right, and and that's something I know. I've talked to our good friend Dr. Daniel Newsom. I think he was involved in those discussions as well. 
And I think it's a it's a long phase in as far as implementation. There's a lot of layers there, but I don't think it's been abandoned. And I think that's something I would like to talk more about as I get more definitive information. Is that another viable option for folks? Because I believe it is. And I've, I've talked to some of these Native American you know reservation folks and saying, look, you set up healthcare freedom zones on your lands. You will have medical tourism like now. It's going to Central America. It's going to Asia and other areas around the world. It'd be coming to you. Without a doubt, and and their their revenue streams would be far more consistent than the gambling streams of the casinos. Yeah, yeah, much more. I think spiritually uplifting as well. Uh, just to add my yeah. humble opinion there. Uh, so yeah, so this is great. Like I said, religious freedom, the fundamentalist part of the First Amendment. You know, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof, but they do so all the time on the federal and the state level. You know, particularly we mentioned SB 277 last year in California, removing religious exemptions to vaccination. It's, a, it's, a, it's atrocious. It's an outrage. It's an abomination. But as I said, the federal government is no longer operating under constitutional constraints. you got to go back and read the law of nations to understand how from the federalist uh, the, the Articles of Confederation, or the I'm thinking back in time now, uh, the Articles of Confederation to the uh, uh, the Constitution. The reason why they had to write the Constitution is that we're not going to be recognized as a nation among the law of nations. So we go to Vattel, law of nations, and we've got to recognize what's happening now is that the government, the people in the government, has sold, have sold you and your children out via treaty to violate the constitutional limitations of this government, and this is why we're seeing such a decline, and so rapid now. Yeah, but I think that, uh, Robert, like you said, that as this uh, continues and as more people become aware, I think those things will those things will change. Yeah, again, we're part of it, and it's happening right before our eyes. i just uh, always concerned when I see these violent confrontations uh, based on misinformation, even though they're real issues, and maybe you could say legitimately they're standing up for their rights, but if they understood that the folks that are operating outside of the constitutional bounds don't even realize it, the folks in the Bureau of Land Management, they have no idea they're operating under international treaties that violate the Constitution. They're absolutely clueless because none of us in American school systems even going through law school, for those that have learned anything about the Law of Nations and Vittel and Bastiat and things like that, the basis for our government, the basis for our nation. Well, do you think that there are attorneys out there that are aware of this and or constitutional-type attorneys that are uh, well-versed in it enough to point this out and, and bring the awareness to the general public, which is desperately needed? Most bar attorneys are not, or if they do know it, they would be disbarred for pushing this information out there. Now, I'm not saying 100% of them, but there are some that know it, but know that if they push it vocally, they'll be done. Just like the doctors we've talked about that have cured cancer and have stepped out and said, hey, look what happened here, and then suddenly they lose their license. So there is that level of control, but they won't be able to control it forever. And we'll continue to push the envelope of healing on MedicalRewind.com. You can hear us each week there as an archive. RobertScottBell.com, Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar. We'll be back after this break. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert will be right back. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. 
I want to thank everybody for participating tonight. My good friend Kevin from the Organic Racing Team talking about the BLM uh, land management situation and going to treaties and law of nations, as well as uh, our first hour guest, Luminar, talking about an autism telesummit, which I'm involved in, Dr. Bittar. And I mentioned you and your book, of course, and your experience in that. So um, I want people to plug into the fact that you can reverse these things, but you got to start sooner rather than later. Remember the nine steps to keep the doctor away. That's Dr. Bittar's international best-selling book. If you're new to advanced medicine, there's your primer right there. And earlier in the day, uh, we, a broadcast day, I talked about a moment of doubt related to sexual activity in young people and STIs, as they're calling them now. Uh, interesting related to one, human papillomavirus, Dr. Bittar, we covered this earlier, that they were bumming out because not as many people are getting the shot. I think the word is out on how dangerous it is. But now they're saying doctors are not pushing this thing hard enough. Could it be that some doctors are waking up and not pushing another shot on their patients? Yeah, it's really, really tough for the industry when they're, when they're um, street thugs that are going out there and pushing them. It's, it's difficult for cocaine to be sent out to the school systems when the kids on the street corners that are supposed to be pushing it are no longer pushing it. That's a problem. <laughs> Yeah. That's a problem for the drug cartel. Right, right. And, of course, they're going, We what do we got on the street corner? They're getting it from their doctor, right, and methamphetamines or whatever. But, you know, your point is taken here that they're now having to go after the doctors. Usually it's like, tisk tisk, you moms and dads, you're not scientific and educated. Why are you not getting your shots? Why are you not getting compliance going on here? But now they're not going after the moms and dads. This article is saying doctors are now at fault for not pushing it hard enough. Well, Robert, I don't want to change the subject, but I was talking to um, a, uh, a plumber uh, mm -hmm. yesterday, in fact, uh, who has consulted with me. He's done all my plumbing stuff, but he's talked to me about vaccines for his kids and such. And this hit me while I was talking to him last night, and I think it's really, really important to bring it up. And that is that when you go to your doctor and your doctor starts preaching to you about why you are irresponsible as a parent for not vaccinating your child or whatever the case may be, use this as another strategy to opt out okay use this strategy tell the doctor okay i will go ahead and vaccinate my children i have no problem doing so just sign this document saying that if there's an adverse effect you incur all financial responsibility you accept full hundred percent liability for my child's uh any deleterious effects that my child's going to experience and you watch how fast that doctor is going to shut his mouth mm -hmm. and go on the different tangent because Doctors are, as, as I've told you, Robert, I'm not very impressed with the intelligence of doctors, but they're also very fear-oriented. I know my profession is more riddled with fear than any other profession out there. And if you tell a doctor that I will give my child the vaccine if you sign this document that accepts all responsibility, they will never bring up the fact of vaccinating your child again. Yeah, a moment before you said it was safe, doctor. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> It's now no longer safe for the doctor. That's the problem. Right, exactly. And uh, last article here, real briefly, it says, first of, kind, of a kind drug approvals continue to rise in 2015. Uh, Super Don, what kind of drugs are they talking about here? Do you, ha do you have that in front of you? Yeah, they're, they're talking about drugs using uh, active ingredients that are new to the, uh, new to the, the drug world. Rocking the drug world. Rockin', um, like what? Like what? What's their uh, their pr primary promotion? The, the example they use in the photo is the the new female Viagra, right? Which doesn't cause an erection for women, does it? Uh, well, <laughs> unless you are uh, your last name's Jenner, I guess. Okay, right, okay, right Caitlin. That's <laughs> never mind. Yes, very good, Super Don. 
So uh, again, this is this is a sign of desperation. They're going for new drug molecules, getting them approved. FDA is going sure, get them out there, even if they cost two hundred fifty thousand a year. Uh, while the rest of the world listens to advanced medicine here on the Robert Scott Bell Show and starts unplugging from the drug matrix. Well, I think hopefully time uh, as time has proven, more and more people will switch from the drug matrix and uh, choose to come to our show to hear us talk. Exactly. Which may actually necessitate that they need a psychiatric consultation too. <laughs> Not from us. No, we don't. We don't agree with that. I think. I think you're very sound and balanced if you listen to this. Although silly too, because we tend to get a little silly from time to time. Well, Doctor Batar, great launching to the new year with you. I love the advanced medicine, and we continue to take it years beyond where other media outlets go. Well, Robert, I think we're what almost getting ready to start a sixth year in February, right? Yep, yep. Starting February, we'll be in our sixth year of advanced medicine here. It's a big, big, uh, big deal. Uh, we'll have to have a party or something. We may. We may have to. Maybe in New Zealand. I don't know. <laughs> hey, yeah, that sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> Could happen. I don't know. Put me in the luggage. All right. Absolutely. Dr. Vitar, appreciate you. Super Don, thanks. All y'all remember the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty right here. Why? Because the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show.